Welcome to the Real Family Therapy Podcast. We got Dad in the building. We got Are You Serious in the building. How you fellas doing today? Doing good. We all right. We all right. I so, just saw y'all, so you know. <laughs> yeah, you just left, man. Um, it was really good to see you, too. And uh, great. see, you still got that whack jump shot. Um, never learned from all them times we went to the park. I was trying to tell you here, to really? shoot like really? this. And how was I Like shooting? this, like this. You just want to listen. Word. We went to the gym. We went to the radio station Saturday night, Dad, and uh, yeah, Aaron almost schooled him. What? Uh, Reggie. <laughs> Come on now. He almost got You him. saw what we was doing. He was Come dribbling on. between his legs. And Aaron yes. did a spin move on him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Nah. No, nah, but, uh, <clears throat> okay, but right after you left, though, which is what we're going to talk about today, and, uh, right before I left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was on a plane, but when you left, okay, it happened at like 147. Somebody watching Sanford and Son? What what is this? TV is loud. Oh, it just started kicking in. Yeah, I heard it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was... (laughs) No, that ain't my TV. Okay. Yeah, you left at like 2 o'clock and, um, or whenever you, no, you left at like 6 o'clock. No, we left at 4. But Dante Wright, 20 years old, was shot uh, by the Brooklyn Park Police Department. Brooklyn Center or Brooklyn Park, one of them two. They're the same thing, really. Uh, by Officer Potter. And when you got on the airplane, he was still on the ground, which a lot of people aren't reporting, which is one of the main reasons why uh, everybody's protesting right now, because uh, he was still on the ground after he was shot um, and the car accident six hours, seven hours later. It was like seven o'clock uh, that night before they picked him up off the floor um, and put him in the ambulance and, and took him away. And uh, people are protesting because he was killed by a white police officer. He was unarmed. Uh, attempting to flee, which means he wasn't opposing a, a immediate threat. There was no immediate physical threat posed. He was attempting to flee, so you can't you can't hit somebody if you're running away from them, right? It's impossible to hit somebody while you're running away. Nobody got stretch arms, and the whole city's in unrest. Uh, it's been looting. It's been uh, protesting. Uh, they're trying to now bring up his background, you know, pro quo, pro status quo, uh, the famous character, of course, draw attention away from the fact that this lady shot him while he was sitting in his car trying to get away from them. Uh, and there was another officer who was closer than her who didn't feel the need to pull out a gun or a taser. He was the only one that had the gun out. Yeah. Yeah. And there was another officer on the other side of the car that didn't pull his gun or taser. Yeah, she felt the need to pull her gun out. She had no reason even to be there. I mean, they already had the situation. She she reached in between them. Yeah. And that's and what made him run. Yeah. No, he ran when he found out he had a warrant. 
when they was arresting him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I saw no, the surveillance. Said, Did you see the video? Seen the video. As soon yeah. as she grabbed him, that's when he started pulling away. Before that, he was kind of like already under control. So like for me, this is what I usually do in these situations, right? I'll give them anything that they say regarding the opposing position, right? So they was like, well, he was resisting arrest. Okay, I'll take it. He had a warrant. Okay, that's cool. He had this, this, and this in this history. That's perfectly fine. I'll take it. He was breaking the law. You are exactly correct. He was breaking the law. Does that give them the right to execution? And the answer is always no. So regardless, so regardless of, I'm sorry, and I'll give the pastor Shaw, Pastor Charlotte Shaw, irregardless. <laughs> Shout out to Miles. I give it the irregardless of the situation when it comes to like if he broke the law, if he was resisting or last or whatever the case may be, it doesn't quantify them the ability to kill. And that's the issue. You shouldn't have the ability to kill someone. And again, if you made a mistake, I'll give you that. If you thought it was the taser and it ended up being the gun, I'll even give you that. That I'll accept. That's fine. But there's still a consequence to that. Because once again, if I kill somebody at my job on mistake, I won't have that job anymore. I'll have to face the consequences that come with it. The so, problem is, is the death. The problem is, is the killing. The problem is, is the part where you take it upon yourself to be an executioner. That is the issue. That's the only thing we need to be concerned about. Yeah, he had a warrant. That's cool. But he shouldn't have died for it. Yeah, he tried to flee the scene. That's cool. But he shouldn't have died for it. He should have just went to jail and then got more time because he tried to flee the scene. He should just be apprehended at this moment. This should have been a news story where a dude tried to flee the police. They eventually tracked his butt down like they always do. And then he goes to jail for it. End of story. That should be the story. If he had a warrant, whatever, I don't care what the warrant was for. If they missed address, that means nothing at this point in time because he's dead. So you can give me every single situation in the world and justification that every right wing Republican wants to give. That's fine. That still doesn't equate death, and that's the issue. But we get so boggled into the, well, he had this, and he shouldn't have done that, and he – I don't – give them everything that they say. Give them every single – every single point that they have, give it to them. Let them have it because none of those points equate to death. So there's no point of us talking about where they shouldn't have even been pulled over and you shouldn't be pulled over for tabs. And according to Section 555 in the book, because of COVID, you can't pull somebody over for expired tabs. I don't care. None of those things should equate to death. And that's where we are. So I can pull them over for tabs. Cool. Shouldn't have had expired tab. Pull them over. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have had a warrant. Cool. Even though he didn't never got the he never got the notification. Never even knew he had a warrant because they sent it to the wrong place. Whatever. He had a warrant. He was a wanted felon. Cool. Misdemeanor. Wasn't even a felon. You can even give him felon. He was a wanted felon for a ticket. None of that equals to kill him. And that's the problem that I think we end up having with these conversations is we get too boggled down with the other stuff. I don't, you can give them everything. It literally still doesn't change the end result of you killing them, and it was wrong. And that's where, that's for me, I don't, I don't have problems having those conversations because those conversations are short. Yeah. 
And I mean, yeah, right or wrong, he should be alive. But for a black man in America, it's sad that uh, getting pulled over by police could be a death warrant. Right. It, at any time, it could be, it don't matter what you're being pulled over for, you could wind up dead. Yes. But you could be a white man shooting police and wind up going to court. That's the problem. Yes. You know, white people don't, they don't die just because of stupid stuff. Um, you know, he, he started to run. Well, you know, you got, I mean, there's how many cases they've seen on TV where white people, you know, are shooting cops. at police, you know, killing police, and they still wind up going to court. How is that possible? When we go, we can't even uh, break away from the police without getting shot. Yeah. You know, that's the issue. Driving while black, walking while black, you know, going to the grocery store while black is mm -hmm. all, uh, you know. Going the sad thing is that the black. mothers have to, you know, are afraid every time their kids walk out the door, whether or not they're gonna come home. You know, that's the really sad thing. You know, that they don't know, you know, you have to train them. And if you got a child that's, you know, don't want to, that doesn't take everything, you know, then you're really worried because you know if the police pull them over, they're going to say something. And that say something could be their death warrant. And that's not the way this, it should be. That's not justice. None of that should be a death warrant. You know, they got, they got uh, judges and they have, uh, you know, Things that they, you know, that they rate, you know, for certain crimes, you get this amount of time. For certain yes. crimes, you get that amount of time. Well, we never make it to court. So, you know, the, that's the sad part is that we don't, you know, and it's, it's an American institution. Right. You know, that's part of the American institution for Black people in America. And that, that's the problem. You know, that's what, that's the issue. But, they'll say all they want to talk about is the looting as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, ain't nobody dying. Mm -hmm. I don't care what, how they could take everything out of that store. That still don't equate to death. You know, ain't nobody dying when they take those, that little trinkets out of this grocery store that they got insurance for anyway. Right. But, you know, and yeah. it's still not a death sentence, mm -hmm. but, you know, people are dying on the streets and we're, you know, these, you know, young people are getting tired of it. They're getting, I mean, they're going to start something pretty soon that they can't stop. And uh, it's, it's sad. It's just sad to me. It's, it's beyond being mad. You know, it's just sad. You know, I've been mad for years, but now it's just sad. You know, it's just a sad situation that, you know, my kids have to, be concerned with being pulled over by the police, knowing that they're going to be pulled over eventually because they're they're profiling. You know, especially Brooklyn Park. That's the worst. That's one of the worst profiling people, uh, police profiling places there is. I tell people that all the time. Like, if you're from Minneapolis or if you're from St. Paul, those who are watching that or ever watch it, that never been Brooklyn Center, you couldn't pay me to drive out there. Yeah. Brooklyn Park, and I drove cabs 
for eight years in every part of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center, as soon as you go out there, they will pull you over. They Your own. mom got pulled over in Brooklyn Park coming they from a prayer it. meeting. I got pulled I, over from there over there before. They own it. They they if you black and you driving in Brooklyn Park, you if you drive more than once or twice out there, they yeah. pulling you. I'm in the cab. I got pulled over in a green and white taxi cab in Brooklyn Park. Nothing happened, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean to to Dad's point of, as well, just so we make sure we got some facts behind what he's saying. Even the Black Lives Matter protests and everybody's talking about the violence and the rioting and things of that nature, right? Only 97%, 97% of Black Lives Matter protests don't have any physical injuries. None of them. And 96% don't have any um, damage. So there's only 4% damage and 3% of those cause any type of physical injury. And I mean like a somebody getting punched. So only 3% of those Black Lives Matter protests resulted in physical damage i mean like actual injuries and then only 90 and then uh four percent actually in damage like property damage so they just like to say well they're violent and no they're not like we can so it, it just tells you what's more important you know they're more concerned about these companies products than they are about the people that are dying on the streets Right. You know, they didn't they didn't they didn't uh, bring out no uh, National Guard because somebody got killed. They brought out the National Guard because they want to protect the stores. Right. So who's more important? That just tells you who's more important. What is more important in this society to the American people is that, you know, property, you know, is more important than a person's life. And then they talk about, you know, abortion they got all these abortion people that's protesting for abortions but you know adults die too kids are dying after being born they don't yeah. they don't you don't hear nothing about that you know they're not making no laws about that they're just trying to protect the kid you know saying that you know unborn children are innocent well that boy that just got shot in that car was innocent he was he did not deserve to be shot I don't I, care. What I'll give you a better example. I'll give you a better example. Let's take the president's dog. Bit two people already, right? Right? Mm -hmm. That dog, while biting somebody, let's some say somebody shot that oh, dog. Joe Biden's dog? Yeah. Okay. Their dog has bitten somebody twice now or something of that nature, right? Let's say there was a video of the dog biting somebody and then somebody shot that dog and killed it. Do you know how much outrage there'd be over that dog? There would be no yeah. question about they shouldn't have killed the dog and why would they kill the dog and it shouldn't have been shot. But then they'll justify this little, this boy, 20-year-old kid. I'm going to call this kid. He's 20 years old. You know, he try, he he panics and he tries to run away from the cop. No, he ain't going to get away. But he panics and he tries to get away because he saw it on some video game and they kill him. We have people debating talking about well he shouldn't have ran away that doesn't equal that doesn't, death. that's not a death sentence that's not a death Dude. sentence Where can that's he a go? stupid mistake but it's not a death <laughs> sentence that's resisting arrest it's not even a felony but where can he go <laughs> i mean even if they let him run they could have just let him go so okay, again, run. we'll get you 
We'll yeah. catch you next time. You we're go? gonna pull you over. Cause I guarantee you, all those people that's doing all that looting, oh, they on camera, they going to jail. Now they can they can go get them later, but they they can't let this boy go just like George Floyd. Twenty dollars, they could have let him go. They could have gave him a ticket. That's not even an arrestable offense. Yeah, for like twenty dollars. Yeah, I told y'all before, that's happened to me, the $20. I done had a, a $20 bill that the store told me was fake, and they called the police, and the police found out uh, weeks real. later that it was a real $20 bill. It was just old, and that the marker that the store had didn't work. You know what I'm saying? The same yeah. thing happened to me. That's not a that's not a reason to kill somebody. Dante that's exactly Wright, what happened to Floyd. That's not even over. a reason to arrest anybody. Yeah, yeah, let alone. <laughs> they could give him a ticket and say, show up at court. Them. And, and, yeah. and, you know, for them to kill Dante right now, especially with uh, the trial going on for Derek Chauvin, um, I think that's really just another reason which has sparked. People are tired of uh, uh, just tired of seeing because it's not like it's, it's, it's just now happening. I think what's happening is we're seeing it on camera now. And, uh, and people are kind of, we fed up with watching our, watching young black men die. And then, especially as a, a black man who's been pulled over hundreds of times, I just think about how many times that could have been me. Or I got a nephew that's 17 years old, and I tell him, I try to tell him, like, it's important to get your driver's license. That's the number one thing, get your driver's license. But, you know, he, he don't listen. He's from the streets. He want to. He want to drive. Well, he done got pulled over four times and got three tickets in the last two months. I ain't got a ticket in 10 years. I'm trying to tell him, you're a young black man. They going to pull you over every chance they get. Yeah. Don't matter what you're doing. How you 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 got pulled over for a seatbelt, for speeding, for not signaling in a lane. You done got pulled over for three different reasons. In the last four months, it's not none of them reasons why you got pulled over is what I'm trying to explain to him. You got pulled over because you're a young black man driving a car and they want to know what you're doing and yeah. where you're going I and mean, what you, you got on you. Aaron, me and you got plenty of pulled over stories where we literally got pulled over together. Yeah. So, <laughs> How we get pulled over as a, as brothers as brothers? I get yeah. pulled over. They saw him drive past after they got finished pulling me over, and then they pulled him over. That's that's how it happens, and and it's just scary that every time that we see one of these things, it's a police officer in a squad car killing a young black man. Now, uh, again, our condolences to the family. Dante Wright, uh, he had a one-year-old son that he had just spent the day with the day before. Um, there was somebody in the car with him. I don't know who it was. I don't even, did anybody see who girlfriend. Was his girlfriend? Was it his child's mom or is just his girlfriend? I don't know if it's one and the same. But somebody was in the car with him. So now they traumatized for the rest of their life. You know what I'm saying? She got injured of, in, the, in the accident. In the accident, yeah. It made me yeah. think of Philando Castile. Same thing happened to him. The police will shoot you. They don't care who around. Now, yeah. there's another police officer less than six inches away from you. And you got this gun pointed out. And then, you know, we all that know. Little. If we don't know the story, Kim, her name is Officer Potter. She's been on the office. She's been a police officer for 26 years. 
-hmm. And she claims that she didn't know she had her gun out. Do you know what she does for a living? The whole time with Kaiser. She's the president of the police union. There you go. So she literally is the president of, I'll teach you how to get away with anything. And the police union stick together. So she said Taser, knowing that she had a gun in her hand. But again, I'll give you exactly what you said. Okay, you said it was a Taser. It's still... Um, uh, it's it's still manslaughter. See, yeah, as a police officer, you can't afford accidents. I, I can't. T- oh, sorry, that was an accident. No, accidents cause death. Yeah. When a police officer makes an accident. You know, that's death. You know, even companies can't make it, can't say, oh, that was an accident. I didn't know that I accidentally, you know, defrauded you out of twenty billion dollars. The man no, that works the, the man that works at the nuclear plant can't make yeah. too many mistakes. You can't say, "Oops, sorry, I forgot to close that valve." <laughs> yeah. Now we got a nuclear uh, holocaust. No going one's on. going to be like, "Oh, it's okay, it's cool." Yeah, it was an accident. It. We forgive you. No, 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 no. You're gonna have to pay for that accident, and uh, oh, she's gonna. I think she, she's gonna pay. I don't think she's gonna go to jail. I don't think that I just don't see that. In the wise uh, words of Cat Williams, don't be sorry, be careful. (laughs) Because their police chief is already, you know, making excuses for, oh, it was an accident. Yeah. That's what I think makes it murder. Is you intentionally said taser, knowing you're looking at a pistol. Your yeah. arm to know the difference. Pistol don't look nothing like no taser. A bright pistol don't weigh anything like a taser. A pistol no. weighs a whole lot of pounds. Not to mention taser. that you have to unlock your weapon. Your weapon is locked. It's it's armed. She had to take it off safety safety before she fired it. And there are two the different safety types of safety. Gun yeah. is different than the safety on a taser. It's a whole different setting. So when she she's that been gun doing out, this for 20 years. 26 years. 26 yeah. years she's been she, a police officer. There's no excuse for that. That's but, why it's murder. I read again, a story. Oh, I'll give it to you. I read a story uh, from Cheryl Thompson at NPR. And uh, she said that since 2015, police officers have fatally shot at least 135 unarmed black men uh, in the last six years. Uh, 75% of those officers are white. Now, I I thought um, 15 of those officers um, had more than two shootings. So out of the 135 unarmed black men, 15 of the police officers that killed them have been involved in two, three, or more than four shootings, often uh, ending in death, right? And uh, there's another story uh, on another officer that I wanted to get into. But when I read this statistic that uh, 75% were white, I thought that all of the, uh, every black man that's been unarmed has been killed by a white police officer, right? Uh Or uh, somebody that's not black. And it's not true. So I, (laughs) I found out that black officers have killed unarmed black men. It's only been two uh, in the last 70 years, but it's happened, right? It was a black yeah. officer that pulled over that soldier that was doing all that crazy talking to that uh, to the soldier, the sergeant. Yeah, he didn't kill him, though. 
No, but you know what I'm saying? Like the one that was harassing. And if you, I mean, we've been talking about it since, since the eighties and the nineties and boys in the hood, who was the cop that was messing with him? That black cop. I mean, and once again, this comes from somebody whose friend for over 20 years is a police officer. And my other friend is in the army. So I have a police, a friend that's in the St. Paul police department currently a St. Paul police officer. So I'm not just saying this stuff because I don't like cops. I don't like people, anybody that puts on a uniform. I'm trying to hold people accountable for what they do. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know that. So I, when I, when I realized that, uh, you know, it's, I think it's the badge. It's, it's being a police officer more than it is. Um, yes. The right. That's what they're trained to do. Yeah. I mean, it's how they're trained. Yeah. Y'all act to, like just because they yeah. to profile, you know, they're trained to profile people. They're trained to be afraid of of black people. That's the that's the biggest thing is they are they have an instant fear when they pull over a black person. But You're the problem is there's no black people that's ever done anything to the to the white police officers. It's white people that they should be afraid of. Cause they're the ones that ain't afraid to shoot them. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that's not afraid to, to pull a knife on them or, or shoot them or stab them because they know they have rights. Mm. We don't know we have rights. We have no rights. They have rights. They're like, well, you know, you, you still got to take me to jail. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know uh, we might not make it out of this house or out of this car or out of, out of, out of this park or whatever. You know, so that's why uh, George Floyd, when he first pulled up, they first pulled over to the, pulled up to the window. He was yelling, don't shoot me, don't kill me. He knew right away, like, don't kill me, don't kill me. And they don't think, I don't think people realize that the trauma is real. Yes. It's really real. Like, as yes. a black man, you almost born uh, with traumas that some people would be seeking therapy for. Uh, for the rest of their lives, you know, and it's just, it's something inherent, like seeing the police <clears throat> does something to you physically. I, I can, I can almost guarantee right now, if either one of you two who don't commit crimes, don't do drugs, don't have anything illegal about you, walk outside and see a police officer, your body going to tense up automatically. Even if mom see the police, <laughs> And get scared. Oh, she gonna she gonna point them out. There's, yeah. there's police over there. There's yeah. police right there. There's I police right there. The police pull no, her over. They gonna let her go. They ain't got nothing to do with. You know what I'm saying? She not doing nothing illegal. But it's just how we live. And I don't think that's. I don't think people think that that's a factor in the reason why these young black yeah. men run. That's why I said it's just sad. It's sad. I mean, it's it's becoming sad and sadder in every day. You know, they call they would call us paranoid. You know, yeah. they would say we are in paranoia. No, it's not paranoia. You know, it's it's reality for us, but because it's not reality for them, they can't see it. There's no way that they can see it. Yeah. There's no way they can understand it, and there's no way they can they can uh, uh, empathize with it. And then because you have black people that have that same situation well i ain't never had no issues with the cops and i ain't never did nothing wrong and i ain't never had this and this and then it hits them in the face like candace owens that's all i'm saying candace owens prime example ain't no racism 
nothing's wrong with racism. There's no such thing. I got this white husband. I've never had any issues. And y'all black people just making excuses. Fast forward. Hey, they being racist against me. Where are y'all at? No, mm-mm. you on your own player. You got drafted. Welcome. Congratulations. You got drafted. They finally drafted you. Took a little bit longer than everybody else. So you can talk all that post-racial. We had Obama. I don't mean nothing. Well, there was a scene. There was a scene in that movie, uh, One Night in Florida, and Jim Brown was visiting. Wait, wait, wait. Was oh. visiting a man at his house, and he was saying, "Oh, That's... Jim Brown, I'm so glad you came to visit me. And you know, we love you, and and we've been watching you, and I've I've seen you coming up since you were a child. Oh, we love you. We do this. We do that." And he said, "Oh, oh wait a minute, I got to go and move this thing out of my house." And Jim Brown said, oh, uh, yeah, well, what is it? I can help you move. And he said, come on, Jim. You know we don't let black people inside the house. You didn't say black people. No, niggers. Dang. So you know we don't let niggers in the house. And Jim just looked at, I mean, it's, it, that's. And that's, this is prime time, Jim. Yeah, this was a famous Jim Brown running touchdowns. But, you know, to him, he's just, you know, you're fine out there on there, but don't come in my house. Yeah. Because you you know we don't let niggas in the house. I thought that yeah. was y'all that should was... watch um this movie that just came out. It's called Two Distant Strangers on Netflix. It's only thirty. It's less than thirty minutes. It's less than thirty minutes. I ain't watching shit. I've seen it's the just a short film, short clip, and it's about this black man. And I won't give you too much, but he's just trying to get home. And no matter what he does, it's the same day over and over again, and he's trying to make it home. So. I suggest y'all watch it. It's about police brutality. It's about him and this cop. And the only thing this black man is doing is trying to get home. And the ending is messed up because it kind of portrays what we're talking about now. And it's just more or less of what can we do to get home? Like, what do you need to do as a black man to get home? How can we avoid these situations because these situations aren't our fault these situations aren't anything that happened to us because we did something necessarily wrong and even if i do something wrong the penalty is not death by cop i i there's that that's not that's not how it rolls just because you don't like me just because i did something legal it doesn't mean that okay now i can kill you no that's true and I that's wanna, all that uh, matters i want to tell you guys a story about this guy uh and this is again, this is a story from NPR, uh, Cheryl Thompson. It's a story about Nathaniel Pickett. And this is exactly, uh, um, I read the story and I was heartbroken because being a black man, you don't even have to be driving um, to get pulled over and killed. Uh, he was walking back to his room. He had a hotel room in El Rancho, uh, which is like off of Route 66 in Barstow, California. It was like $18 an hour hotel room. Uh, it was about nine o'clock, a little after nine o'clock in November, 2015. Uh, he was taking a walk. He usually takes walks. He's a former engineering student, uh, college student, went to Howard or Hampton University, HBCU. Shout out to HBCU. Uh, but he was walking across the street and he uh, caught the eye of a San Bernardino County Sheriff deputy. Uh, when the deputy seen him, they turned around, bust a U-turn pull into the motel parking lot, jump out the cruiser and uh, approach this man, Nathaniel, start asking him questions. So he started asking him his name and his birthday. Uh, Nathaniel, now he was just walking. He wasn't doing anything. He didn't have no drugs, he had no liquor. He wasn't drunk. 
Uh, he didn't have any marijuana. He was just walking, taking a walk out of his hotel room. After 9 o'clock, the police seen him, pulled up on him, uh, demanded that he take everything out of his pockets. They had costed him at the hotel. There was no calls to the hotel. Uh, there was no, you know, he didn't fit the suspect. He just simply looked at the police officer. And uh, I tell people all the time that a police officer has actually told me that uh, when they pulled me over, I asked the police officer, why'd you pull me over? If you were going this way on university and I'm going the other way, I mean, why you busted you turn to pull me over? You told me because you looked at me. <laughs> and that was the reason why he pulled me over. So that's why they accosted Nathaniel Pickett. Uh, he got a little upset and started asking what was the problem. Uh, and then uh, the officer was like, let me go to your hotel room and see what you got your hotel room. And yeah. Pickett was like, no, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to go to my hotel room? What's going on? So the officer tried to grab him and said, you're under arrest. Now, legally, he wasn't under arrest because he didn't do anything. He didn't uh -huh. commit a crime. He was, and he gave him his information. So he was technically allowed to walk away. But because the police officer uh, just kept messing with him, he tried to uh, arrest him. So he was like, I'm going to just go to my room. He walked away with his hands up and said, listen, I'm not no problem. I'm going to my hotel room. I got my hands up. Uh, when he walked away, the police ran up on him, uh, jumped on him, said he was resisting arrest, turned him around. They beat him and hit him about eight times uh, and punched him 15 to 20 times before he pulled out his service weapon and uh, shot him twice in the chest uh, and then left him with a gun pressed against his chest, right? And uh, one of the bullets pierced his heart and his lung. Uh, and Officer Woods, who was on the force for two years at the time, uh, just had got, he'd just been on the streets for a couple months. So he'd been in the police force, but he hadn't been there long. He was just on the streets for three months and he shot this man who, and the officer is black. So this is a black police officer who just racially profiled another black man um, and shot him and killed him. The police found nothing in this man's room other than clothes. It ends up being this man um, had weed in his system, but there was no weed in the room. So they tried to pull that out, but uh, he killed him. Um, the police officer got away, right? Never happened. Uh, so it's yeah. a pattern. And there's another story that I own. You can go in stories for years. I want to read, but my point is um, that the like officers literally. have patterns of misconduct usually in these cases. So if we take time and go into Officer Potter's files, we'll probably find cases of misconduct where she should have already been fired and never was. When we go into Derek Chauvin's file, we find cases of misconduct. 18. He should have been fired and never was. So when we say the training of these police officers, literally, it's not there's the training. stories of officers that I can read to you. And I'll post the link when I post this on uh, YouTube. There's an officer that was on the, on the force for four hours before he killed his first person. He killed the black man after being on the force and on the streets for his very first that four hours. He killed the black man that was unarmed, thought he feared for his life. He was reaching in his waistband. It's, so that, I just, just want to say something though. It's, it's, and I know dad's probably going to say the same thing, but it's not the training. We got to stop saying it's the training. It's the training. It's the training. It's the training. It's not the training. 
It will never be the training. There's the same amount of cases that you just tried to read off to us. There's the same amount of cases where police officers were easily able to de-escalate and give murderers Burger King on the way home. So it's not the training. No, it so is, that's what I'm saying. It's not yeah. the training. It's mm -hmm. the officers. Yeah. And the officers, if you look into their background, they have patterns. It's the implementation so we can't of say, racism towards yeah. people and the predestined, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the way that they view us as black people in general, the way that we yeah. are intimidated. I, you want to know what's real? You want to know what honestly is the really the, the, the scariest thing for me is Prince Patrick. That is the, that is the most, that is the most thing that I'm afraid of is Pinch Patrick. And the reason why is because Pinch Patrick is autistic, but he is so big. And he is only seven years old, correct? Yeah. But he looks like what, 13? He looks 14? Like 13 years old, yeah. Like the, he wears the same pants size as I do. So I am always, so just so you know, I'm always praying for him. Every time he goes to school, every time he leaves the house, every time he goes outside to play. Yeah. Because to these officers, Pence Pratt, Prince Patrick, a seven-year-old kid that has nonverbal autism, is considered a lethal threat to white people, right? So for them, he can't defend himself. He can't explain his situation to them. He can't tell them what's going on. So for me, it's the perception of Black people. We are always seen older than what we are. We are always seen more physically threatening than yeah. what we are. And as black people, we always have to disarm ourselves when it comes to being around white people. When I'm in certain areas, I have to disarm my physical appearance to make them feel comfortable. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. But the only way I can't be too tired to not be able to come home. I got people who love me. So for me, I can't just be like, man, I don't feel like doing this crap. I don't feel like taking my hands out my pocket the entire time I'm in the store. It's cold. You know what I'm trying you to say? I don't smile feel on your face. I you have to smile. keep a goop, not just a smile, a goofy smile. Yeah. Hey, how you hey, doing? I'm not a threat to you. I'm yeah. not gonna rob you. I'm not gonna rape you. I'm good. Yeah. I, I I watch friends. Like I have to say things out loud to make white people comfortable. I'm tired of it. I'm no, I, I, I'm to the point now where I could care less. I don't, I don't care if you're comfortable or not. My life isn't based off of making white people feel comfortable. And I try to make sure I do as much of not making you comfortable as possible. I will go to the office when we're in the office and wear a do-rag at work. You want to know why? Because my productivity at my job is not based off of me having waves or not. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. If my existence is a problem for you, then that's your problem. Then you need to figure out what is wrong with your life that makes my existence that that much of an issue for you. And like, it's, it's, I, there is no such thing as he made me feel like I was I was in a threat for my life because that's 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 false. No, he didn't. He was just black. And you just have this idea. Once again, there has never since since slavery has there ever been a situation where all the black people tried to get together and kill the white people for what they actually did, not the thought, not the perception, not the system, but what actually white people did. The mass 
death and incarceration of black people in slavery and in jail. There's never been a situation where all these black people just got together and been like, you know, we're going to kill every white person we see. And you know what's messed up? It would be justified, especially right after slavery. It would have been justified. It would be something that you could actually quantumly put together and be like, you know what? That makes sense. This band made, they made this man have sex with his mother to breed a bigger baby. So yes, there's a reason why he wanted to kill them. They just chopped his sister's foot off. Yes, there's a reason why they wanted to kill them. They just enslaved this entire person's family for over 200 years, and now they're making money. And on top of that, the slave owners got reparations after you got released from slavery. So they got money, they got paid monthly from the government after slavery because they lost their slaves. So once again, there are plenty of situations in which we could, but unfortunately, white people, fortunately for you, we're not you. Fortunately for you, we're not you. And your biggest fear is that the biggest fear for white, yeah, the biggest fear for white people is we're going to do to them what they would have, they would have done to us. That is the biggest fear for white people. One day we're going to wake up and realize we need to start acting like them. And the day we start acting like them is the day that their lives start to de- decrease. No, I think about That's that. That's not going to happen because we're better than that. That's not going to happen, right. But I think about what you said uh, with Prince, and that's true. Like, he can't, you know, if he walking down the street, the police run up on him. If they run up on him and they walk mm. up on him like, hi, how you doing, buddy? What's he going to do? He going to reach for what they got. Or he hit gonna him. Reach, all right, he going to either hit him or he going to reach and What's this on your belt? What's this? He reached for his gun. They, you can't, you know what I'm saying? They pull out, it's in, you don't know. Uh, and real quick, I got to tell the story because I, I told the wrong story. Uh, that happened in California. But this officer, he killed this dude named Ronnell Foster who was riding his bike. Uh, and the officer pulled Ronnell Foster over because his bicycle didn't have a light on it at nighttime. So, which is the reason why he followed him. Uh, and when he stopped him, they, you know, he like, why are you messing with me? Uh, you know what I'm saying? He like, what's your name? So he ran his name, seen he was on probation uh, for some car theft, right? So when he ran his name, seen he was on probation, then he tried to uh, put handcuffs on him. When he tried to put the handcuffs on him to arrest him for, he wasn't, he didn't have a warrant. He was just trying to put handcuffs on him and detain him once he found out that he was on probation. The dude ran. When he ran, he jumped on top of him, put the taser on him, uh, and was tasering his leg, and then he shot him in the chest. And then a year later, he shot the uh, rapper Willie McCoy. And Willie McCoy was in a Taco Bell drive-thru, uh, but he was blocking the drive-thru and he was asleep. And when he reached and woke up with his chest, they shot him 55 times, and it was not five seconds. It was three and a half seconds. So I just want to uh, verify that. So that same Officer McMahon is uh, actually retired with his full pension in 2018 uh, after uh, he was fired uh, for police misconduct. But not only did he kill those two black men, uh, he shot four other people, and he has over 26 uh, civil complaints against him. Against him. Uh, the family of Ronnell Foster was awarded $33.5 million uh, by the city over the death. Um, and the family of William McCoy is, is seeking trial too. So it seems like 
to me, if you would give somebody $33.5 million in civil court as a city and say, this guy uh, did this and he's wrong, why wouldn't, why wouldn't he still then be eligible to be prosecuted judicially? Like, what would make him say he's legally not responsible, uh, but morally you are responsible? So that got to come out your pockets. I never understood. That's I because they got that. this defense automatically called fear. If a police officer fears for his life, he can use deadly force. Fear is something that you cannot measure. You cannot, if somebody says I was afraid, you cannot say you wasn't afraid. You know, there's no way, there's no evidence, there's no counter against somebody saying they were afraid. And so that's what they, they taught these officers that they can use that. Whenever you get into a bind, just say you were afraid for your life. And there's nothing that they can do about that because yeah, then they're legally, they're legally allowed to use deadly force if they're afraid. Now, the fear, the fear could not, can be unjust. The fear could be a mistake. It don't matter, but it's the fear. Now, I'm thinking if you're a police officer, they should train you not to fear. That should be one of the things you should get out of your system right away is fear because yeah. that's what you're, you're, this is your job. You could, you ain't supposed to go to work wondering if you're going to be afraid. Every you know, time somebody a black man moves his hands. Yeah. yeah. Every time I move my hands, you're afraid. Feel yeah. Right. So I go for my wallet. I get shot 41 times. No, 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 no. That's fear. They also tell me that most police officers never put their gun out. They say the majority of the police Most. officers that work never use their gun. Most of them never pull it out, let alone fire it. So how do you have so many police officers with multiple murders? That's because they stop. And they don't, they don't have no consequence. They're, they're Klan, they're supremacists. They come into the police force with the thought that they get to kill somebody. Yes. I get to kill somebody. I get to hurt somebody. But see, if there's there's ways that they can fix this. They just don't want to do it. You know, first of all, you shouldn't be a police officer in a community that you never lived in. That'll be, that's number one right there. You got police coming from miles and miles away. They don't care about the people in that community. But if they grew up in that community, you know, I, I was looking at the resume of the chief of police of Minneapolis. He is the most qualified police officer that I've ever seen to become a chief of police. He was born, he was born and raised in Minneapolis. He started out as foot patrol. He, he, he had every office in the police department up to chief of police. Now that's how you become a chief of police. That's why he cares. That's why, you know, when he talks, he's talking out of experience for the community, compassion for the community because that's his home. But you got police coming from other communities. They don't care about your community. They, they get to go home to their community after they do their job. But if they have to stay in that community, they will be more have more compassion about what's going on in that community. Because they're but, invested and they care. Yeah. And so then they would know what to do. You would know how to handle the people in the community. You would know, yeah, you'd have You would more, know the people in the community. Right. But, you would know and, who they are. You would know what's going on. You would know the, you know, the... The, the people that you need to watch the people you need to leave alone. You know, there's a there's an officer named Zachariah Presley. 
Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I'm going to just tell you real quick. It's, it's another example of what I think is the problem. I think it's that uh, these people are allowed these jobs that don't deserve it. Uh, they're not really, so they have, they have a system in policing where you're supposed to have these red flags. And if you have too many red flags and they don't hire you as a police officer. Uh, but Zachariah Presley was an officer in Georgia. He applied at one station. They said he had 10 red flags. They didn't hire him. He went eight miles to the next county where they only had 40 officers uh, and they hired him because they were short on bodies. What well, a guy ends up becoming a terrorist on a police force, he's stalking people, harassing uh, 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 people, uh, beating up female police officers. He ends up killing two people while on duty uh, and, and end up getting charged with manslaughter. So they bring up his past and they're like, he should have never been hired in the first place. Not only that, he has all of these complaints on file and yet they still let him go out there and be a police officer. He's been suspended multiple times yet. So it's the union. So when, so when we originally brought up Dante Wright, and the reason why I keep bringing all these stories up is because I want to think about Officer Potter now. She's the president of the police union. So like, are you serious? Said When she said taser, 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 she was doing that knowing the process that she's going to have to go through because all of the police officers have to go through the same process. Earlier, I said it was 139 black men that are unarmed that were killed. Okay, I think it was 105 police officers. There are only three police officers out of 105. Out of 135 black men died. Three police officers were charged um, with a crime. Out of those three police officers that charged with a crime of killing an unarmed black man, the longest sentence was one year, which is the dude I'm talking about right now. Presley was sentenced to one year in prison and four years of probation. So we got Derek Chauvin on trial. We have a history of police officers not, even if they're getting charged, 17, 17 officers were charged uh, and went to trial and only three were found guilty. 14 were found innocent, not guilty or whatever. So that's only 17 people being charged out of 135 murders. That's less than 10%. So when you well, say they fear, they got to do is say they was afraid. Yeah, when you say fear, it has to be a it has to be a rule. It has to be a rule to change that. It has to be a way to change that law, where the police officers can't say they're in fear of their lives. Doesn't fit what the police are there for, though. So, for example, I guess like I feel like we're asking for justice in a place where that doesn't even make sense, and it's it's very frustrating for me. Um, and the only reason I say that is because, for example, if it breaks the structure of what policing is based off of how they created it to work, right? So obviously the way that the American system is set up and the way that police officers are set up and how they can do certain things and how they can get away with certain things because of the flexibility and the gray lines and all these other things that they're able to set up. You have a system in which police officers are regulating police officers, right? So how does that 
how does that make sense? Like every other situation, there's a reason for checks and balances. And in this case, there is no really checks and balances. This Derek case is the first case where these police officers are actually going against the blue wall of signs. And that's only because they, we all understand the severity of the situation. The, the Derek case is not a local case. It's not a United States case. This is a global case. So there's a little bit more of a magnitude. So this, for example, this case is the COVID vaccine of vaccines, right? It's completely different. It's not addressed the same. So even though we have all these other vaccines that have come and gone that have been detrimental and all this other stuff, and then we are trying to, we can't apply that to the same situation with the Derek case because this case is too, it's global. The Rodney King case wasn't global, right? It was still America's case. It was America's issue. This this Derek case is no longer America's case when you have people in, in every country, all these different countries protesting, saying George Floyd, right? So for this situation, it doesn't apply. This Derek case, this, this Derek case doesn't apply to everything that we've ever experienced, right? It just doesn't. You've never seen cops, all the cops, every cop, going back and say, no, the cop was wrong. No, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. No, he wasn't doing the right thing. Every single person that's testifying is saying the same thing. We've never in history had that situation, not in the Rodney King case, not in any of these cases that we've ever seen. None of these people have ever been like, no, he's wrong, every single one. They know the severity and the impact that it will have on the world. There'll be riots in different countries if Derek is in charge. Yeah. That's never happened before. But so see, he, I'm not be, worried about Derek. I'm not worried about Derek. There's gotta I'm be something about we can everything. do though. There's gotta be something we can do. It can't be just we not not knowing there's not nothing to do. It's there has be to something. be a literally until the entire system is actually reevaluated and changed like they did in other countries like Australia and things like that. As once that happens, then I can be like, all right, now there's change. But if we're asking for change in the same system, that doesn't make any sense. Well, the reason why all those police came out and testified is because they are facing losing their jobs, all of them, because they are the city councilors looking at replacing the whole police department in Minneapolis. Right. And so the chief of police is like, hey, every single one of y'all is going to go testify. Yeah. So that we can try to different. we could we could try to build this some kind of confidence back into this community. That was the purpose that they testified. They just dropped they Chauvin just got thrown up under the bus in this yeah. case. They're like, he we're gonna sacrifice him yeah. for the sake of all the rest of us and for this community because it's volatile. It's a, it's 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 very volatile right now. You know, but that's it's why not going to be the same as this that just happened now, though, against Dante. You're not going to see the no. same thing. No. And that's why I'm trying to make sure we're clear on You're yeah. not going to see the same thing. No. Yeah, no, I'll see that. Because they've already started justifying her shots. Right. They've already started saying, oh, accident, accident. Well, so white people, they're going to agree with, oh, accident? Oh, yeah, that was an accident. Well, it was, it was still murder. I don't care if it was an accident or not. If I accidentally shoot somebody, I'm going to jail. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. That kid, that little kid in Florida Definitely. that accidentally killed his friend doing wrestling moves, he got convicted. Wrestling moves. Yeah. So, you know, there's no such thing as an accident. 
you know, there's no, that, that word really doesn't exist in reality because there's a reason why everything happens that, that you could have avoided if you'd have done something else. That accident could have avoided been avoided if she'd have double checked what she was shooting before she pulled the trigger. So, and I think the way, if you look at that, that her body camera, you can see she's reaching in between two police with her gun and mm-hmm. shotting. Almost, you know, almost was touching him with the gun. Literally. Literally. So, you know, she knew what she was doing. She couldn't look at that gun and see. She's she looking at it. She, she knew what she was doing. And the other police were looking like, Oh man, what the heck did she just do? There was a black police officer in the background who had his hands up like, oh man, what the what did she just do? You know? And she's a veteran and the president of the union and telling me that you can tell me she didn't know what she was doing. Uh, immediately, Immediately after pulling the trigger, you realize that it's a gun. Because immediately she said, Oh, I shot him. Yeah, she said, I just shot him. Immediately, then she just t- then she told them right. So immediately, you knew it's not a story. So, you know, of course, it brought out the riots. I mean, I'm, I, I shouldn't even use that word. They were protesting. Okay, they were protesting. You got some idiots that loot. I think that's just a waste of energy, time, and space to even talk about looting. But let's talk about the protesters. Those are opportunists. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I know some personally. They, I, I know some. It don't they make sense. Say, I mean, they had cars driving. They said cars were coming from everywhere. <laughs> People driving up and they and they're fools. Because they the license right plates is on camera. I know so they know they're going to, to jail. So I'm yeah. not familiar, but where were they actually? And, and I'm pretty sure the viewers, everybody doesn't know. So where were they actually looting at for y'all? Brooklyn, Brooklyn Center. Brooklyn Center, the Crystal, yeah, but where? Crystal yeah. Mall. Is it the Crystal Mall? It's some kind of little strip mall. It's a strip yeah, mall in Brooklyn. Why that strip mall? Because that's nearby where the where the shot was okay. fired. Why the where he was shot? It was just the closest place. I know Crystal Mall. I'm just making sure. Yeah, okay. Closest places still, which is stupid. Looting is stupid. So when I actually when this all went down, I was at the gym um, with Aaron, and when we left the gym, we seen like six police cars in front of Target, and where the gym is at is right next to a Target, but I didn't put two and two together because I didn't know they was rioting. I didn't know they was, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know they was protesting. So uh, we just see the car cars on Target. I'm like, wow, these police at Target. What they doing? You know what I'm saying? But we went about our business. And when we get home, uh, Trish was in the kitchen watching the news, looking at the protesters, and I put two to two together. So I'm like, the first thing they do is go protect Target. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because these protesters seem to keep targeting targets. And I don't know why. But the police, it was six police deep in front of Target. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They care more about the property and they care more about the businesses than they care about the people. So while they were rioting, they were shooting rubber bullets at people. Right, last night, while the protesters, why do I keep saying that? So while they were protesting last night, the police uh, were shooting rubber bullets at the protesters. They they arrested 40 people. Yeah, they arrested 40 people. Uh, they were pushing them. They formed a line. We watched it all live on TV. They had gas canisters. Uh, the protesters responded with fireworks. <laughs> so somebody had a whole bunch of fireworks, and they were shooting fireworks back over the police heads uh, while the police were hitting them with the rubber bullet. But what I found, 
interesting was at the exact moment that the police were shooting protesters with rubber bullets, the city council in Brooklyn Center, the city council voted uh, that police officers are no longer allowed to use rubber bullets in riot gear or riot training. So I thought that was really a big move for the city council. And I, I, I never understood how you take people that's protesting and shoot them with rubber bullets. And they're protesting. They they're can protesting. Use that fear thing. They protesting the police shooting them. They're afraid. The police say they're afraid. The chief of police set up the scenario in the press conference. He said, they are throwing cans at us. They are throwing bricks at my people. That's why we're out there protecting them. So that's why we got to protect them. So they already set up this scenario of fear as a defense for what they can do. And that, that fear thing if is, is going to do it. If I was standing outside butt neck and if somebody threw a can of Sprite at me, it wouldn't hurt. Let alone being in full riot gear. Full riot gear. Which was strange to me. He said it was a frozen can of pop. Who's out there? Who, what protesters are out there carrying around frozen cans of pop? But he got a freezer with him. Yeah. What, 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 how <laughs> long did he have that can? He must have ran straight out the house with a frozen right. can of pop. Right, throw it at the <laughs> he said, yeah, they hit him with a frozen can of soda and a brick. Yeah. I just, I just feel like we just keep having the same conversations and it's just it's just trash, man. Like we're we're sitting like I guess it's like preaching to the choir. Like we all know what's going on. And it's like it's just self-defeating, man. Like I'm gonna be real with you, man. I'm I'm honest with you, man. I just don't it's just it's once again, we didn't have to worry about rubber bullets at the Capitol, right? We all know why. Like, we, we all know why. This isn't, we don't have, like, that's why I said, like, we can make these conversations short. We don't got to go through the examples. We all know. We all know. Both sides, left and the right, middle, up, down, whatever political thing you want to say, people, black righteousness, we all know the truth. Like, if it's a white, protest when you got them white tiki torches wasn't no bullets wasn't no things them people were talking about taking over the country they were literally talking about taking over the country those are the oh. words that they're preaching in those marches those are the words that they're preaching in those protests and they were chasing the police the police yeah. was running and they don't but so that's what i'm trying to say it's not about <laughs> it's not real fear, fear it's literally about keeping and maintaining the the system in which we live in it has nothing to do with fear has nothing to do with they're afraid. They're not afraid of us killing them. They're afraid of us changing what they're comfortable in. They're afraid of us changing the system that we're in. They're not afraid of us physically. We're not threatening to the point where they don't think they can kill us because obviously it's easy to kill us. It's not about that. They just don't want us messing up the system that they're in. They like how they like it. Those baby boomers, the people that were protesting, the people that killed Martin Luther King, they ain't all, they ain't dead. They're not dead. They didn't no, vanish into the abyss. Chiefs. They're they're the now in union. those higher mark. They're now in the highest ranks. They're in those higher ranking positions, and they're teaching the lower people to follow suit, so you can get that higher ranking position. It's about maintaining what it is. It has nothing to do with the actual individuals themselves or the acts. It's about maintaining this the the power and the positions that they're in, which really don't make any sense when you think about it. 
like we just create these these uh, constructs of balance and we create these constructs of government like what what is it really like we just create these things in our head and we just go along with it so they just want to keep that same mentality that's it it has nothing to do with you're afraid because he did this and he did that it, they don't no, the police the, don't need it fear is just their their excuse that they have that they can use right they can use that because you cannot quantify it you cannot justify it you can't do anything with it and see trump set up all of this in the beginning when he said we're going to make america great again when was america ever great for black people never Us? never We've never been great for black people for whites maybe in the 40s when was it great for white people when they when had they their segregated. foot on the neck of Ow. every black person it's great for white people now. I don't know why they act like it's not great for them every single yeah. There's, It's never been that great. What are you talking about? It's always great for white people. Y'all ain't no But it was great when they knew if there was four black people going for a job and one white person walked in and that white person looked around and seen they were all black, he knew he had that job. That's it's when it was still the case. That's that is still what's going on. <laughs> you know, before they had any kind of... Uh, Black anything, you know, when black people were slaves, when black people were uh, Jim Crow, that's when it was great for them. When they knew they had control and we were being oppressed. They still got control. And we're like, that's what I'm, that's what's weird to me is like, ain't literally the only thing that's changed is the verbiage, but the actuality of the day to day is not changed at all. And if it had changed, we wouldn't be having these conversations now. If it did change, we wouldn't be saying can't breathe. If it did change, if things were different, if we have evolved so much, we wouldn't literally be having the same. James Baldwin wouldn't be saying the same exact things in our head and resonating now. We would be like, man, I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't even, I can't even fathom that type of lifestyle. I can't imagine what it was like to be treated like that by police. I can't imagine, like they, we don't have that situation where we can't imagine. They just let the black, they just don't beat us off jump for, for hanging out with white folks, but they'll beat us later. That's it. It's just delayed. There's a, there's a, there's a facade as which we can look like it, that we're all cool, but it's not like, once again, every single Halloween, we're going to have somebody do blackface. Every single time we do this, there's always going to be like, I don't, I don't. I don't understand why we keep like these white folks, whoever these magical creatures are, keep acting like it's something different. Like they've lost something. You ain't lost nothing. Ain't nothing changed. We got a little bit of more. We got a little bit more of what we got now. Still great to be white in America. Ain't nothing changed. You are not seen as an enemy. And that is that is that is the only thing they're afraid of. Losing that. You know, Just losing weird. the greatness of being a white in America. And the only way that and the way that they're gonna lose that is if when they become the minority. And even then, you know, they've been the minority in times that they still, I mean, they were the minority in South Africa. <laughs> I, I still never could understand that. And I'm like, you got four billion black people in here, and, and you got these 25 white folks walking around controlling everything. Ain't no difference yeah. in slavery. One slave master, but 500 slaves of these plantation. What? Yeah. Ain't no I difference. I had a conversation with Aaron, and I, we, did, we didn't get into it because I really didn't know how to have a conversation because he wanted to know where black people come from. 
And uh, I had to tell him, like, we don't know where we come from. We you come know? from Africa. Well, yeah, but he like, well, where? Because Africa a continent. And I'm like, right, exactly, son. The Garden of Eden. We don't know where we come from. He like, because, you know, he 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 goes to a Spanish emergency school, right? So his friends going back to Mexico, his best friend, Josue, who he's been best friends with since he was like in the first grade, not in the fifth grade. But this year, his friend went back to Mexico because that's where his family from. And next year, his best friend, his other best friend, he's leaving at the end of this school year, moving back to Mexico. So all of his best friends is moving back to Mexico. And that's where they from. And that's where they grandma and their grandma and their grandma, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, our beginning is from slavery. Black people right. are, we we don't know, we, we don't know where we from, Nigeria. You don't know if you from- Well, I think Ghana. I know we're from Nigeria. My grand, my grand, great grandfather was from Nigeria. Oh Lord! No, he what? never was a slave. He came from Nigeria. Your yeah, great grandfather, yeah. Nigeria, really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta start doing some check fraud. Dang it! Yeah, <laughs> Nigeria. Hey, you know that's where all the black people live in Brooklyn Center. Is Nigeria? They're all black people. See, that's why I've been. I mean, I had a whole bunch of Nigerian crew. Shout out to Nigerians, man. But boy, oh boy. Yeah, okay. But yeah, and then, you know, and then if you look even into the country, even into the history of some of the countries in Africa, they're not that old. You know, you got countries in Africa that are younger than you, Dad. Like, you have a whole country. I think it's like Ghana Liberia. or something. Yeah, like, it's only 50 years old. Like, they young. Like, the countries itself ain't going to be formed. The legal country, let's, let's, what white people categorize as Liberia is 50 years old. Them brothers been there doing right. their thing and been trying to do their thing right. without white people colonize, uh, colonizing, colonizing, excuse me, colonizing, goodness gracious, been <laughs> <laughs> people for so long. So that's the issue is like, we base our history based off of what white people tell when we started something. I'm not going by that crap. Y'all can say what you want. They ain't got nothing to do with me. They trying to paint, you know, they trying to say that the, 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 the uh, what is it? The Egyptians, they keep trying to like, they're trying to redo pictures and I'll, I'm pretty sure you'll have some type of clipper edit, but they're trying to take the pictures of the Egyptians and they're trying to change it to show them as being white and then everybody else being black, like the Nubians being black. And then, but they're altering the pictures to show the color difference saying, oh, see, no, back in Egypt, if you look at the actual, the hieroglyphics, they were white, but people are literally altering the pictures and they're altering the colors of people trying to say that what they are and what they aren't. So you can't go by these people, man. You got to look, you got to double yeah, but you can't live in, You can't live somewhere where it's 100 degrees every day. <laughs> Sun blaring down on you and you're going to be white? Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one one tropical country or one tropical uh, thing that's native to white people in UK. Not even Australia. That was black people lived in Australia, Aboriginals. You got to go north. Yeah, yeah, they wasn't in around no no nice weather. That's why they took over. They were tired of being cold. I don't matter. I don't matter. They were tired of this. Like, hold on, wait. These black people got gold, and it's 75 degrees. Oh yeah. Where the, where the gun at? Where the gun at? <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
I, I just had to have the conversation with Aaron about where we're from, and, and I couldn't even have a conversation because uh, truly we but don't. That's the tragedy of being an African-American. You know what? We were I'm stripped a, of our original heritage. They ask me, like, what's African-American mean? I'm like, we from Africa, but we don't know where in Africa. We just know we we from Africa. And then some people don't believe we from Africa. Did you ever see the movie here. Roots? Yeah. You saw it? I say Roots. I mean, Aaron, did he no, see it? No, seen it. Yeah, Sean, let him see that. That'll give him an idea of where we came from. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I almost wanted to expose to that trauma, but yeah. yeah that's, that was the only, that's the first time a lot of black people figured out where they came from or how we came up to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were brought here as slaves. Yeah, we'll never know real history because history is written by the victors. So sometimes it's hard. History yeah. is his story. I'm gonna do one of these uh, ancestry DNA tests. Oh, you got you the guy, you the guy. Right I was gonna there. do it too. I'm gonna do it too. I don't, I don't even know who my daddy is, so I need to do something. I don't know where yeah, I I'm came for real from. gonna order it right now That's as we're speaking. So, <laughs> oh, you gonna get speaking. ancestry DNA? As we're talking right now, I'm filling it out because how I just, how, uh, how accurate are those things? I don't know. We'll see. It's expensive. Though, they're they're, ac- they're pretty accurate DNA. So what it's as accurate as how much DNA they've collected. So it depends on which system you use. They have to have a, a large base of all the countries of DNA to uh, be able to, to to be any good. Nigeria, huh? That's where you think we from? Lord. I can see it a little bit. So which one do you think I should do? The Ancestry.com? Ancestry.com. I think they got the biggest database. All right, that's what I'm doing. I was kind of hoping we was Eritrean a little bit. Who? Eritrean. Eritrean, what is that? <laughs> See, Africa. It's a, it's a country in Africa. Oh. <laughs> it's, next to, it's next to Egypt and Somalia. It's right up under Egypt. I mean, right up under Egypt and Somalia. Eritrea. They got the most beautiful. Well, we came from the border, from the uh, from the east coast. I mean, the the west coast. The coastal countries. You know, they didn't go too deep into the country to get those slaves. They were picking them right off the coastlines. It is officially on the way. Oh, your ancestry.com. Look, okay. What you think these people look like? They look Nigerian. I don't know. I don't know no Nigerians. <laughs> hey, uh, we was wondering I know a who, lot. The dude, who the dude is on the far right in the white shirt. Far right? That's uh, Marvin. Marvin, okay. Marvin. And that's Pam. Yeah. And then that's Conway and Grammy. Okay. Who missing from this picture? Nobody, right? Mm-mm. That's all the mom's kids and Conway's. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, I don't think nobody missed them. Well, uh, well, they, yeah, she got a couple missing out of there, but we didn't know they were missing back then. Yeah, until later. Yeah. 
Like your other brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's another brother. Man, yeah, maybe we should do Ancestry.com for real. This game is already on its way. Yeah, we need to find out who's I, I will. That will be an episode. We can just go through the... The, the my DNA and we can we can see what what's crack a lack and where we from so okay. I got it I sent it on its way we'll do from there well um it's been real real family therapy podcast DJ Double OG DJ Double OG we got are you serious we got dad in the building uh it's been a real family therapy podcast really we're just talking about you know what's going on which is what's most important which is the lives of black men uh, coming from black men, uh, my life is very important. And, you know, I just, you know, we're pretty much come to the conclusion that it's a sad situation and that in the hands of law enforcement, our lives are not as important as, uh, you know, just a chance to be heard, seen, go to trial. Uh, you know, it's more important for them to shoot you than it is to them to chase you especially when they're running from you, you can't be fearing for your life if somebody's trying to get away from you. Like, he driving away, you can't, you just didn't want to chase him, so you shot him. You know, you've seen that too much. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, Dad, do you got any jokes to end this show with? I don't know if we're going to do the joke on this show. But. Uh, I'm going to go, I got an old one. I ain't going to do one of them racist ones or them sixes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a, it's an old one. I got this little girl. There was this little girl and that was a terror of the neighborhood. I mean, she was just terrorized everywhere she went. You know, she was on like eight or nine, but she just was a terror. All the neighbors hated to see her come around. And so Christmas came around and she went up to her mom and she said, Mama, I want to get a new bicycle for Christmas. I want a bicycle for Christmas. And the mom looked at her like, you want a bicycle? You think you deserve a bicycle the way that you've been acting all this time? And she said, yeah. He said, okay, well, I'll tell you what you do. You go up to your room and you pray to God and you ask God if you deserve a bicycle. And so a little girl went to her room and she started praying. She said, God, if you give me a bicycle, I'll stop doing. Then she said, no, nah, I know I ain't gonna stop doing it. I said, God, if you give me a bicycle, I'll never say this, and then she said, no, nah, that ain't going to work either. Then she started thinking, she said, oh, I know. And so she ran down the stairs. She said, mom, uh, can I go down to the church down the street? And the mom said, you want to go to the church? She said, yeah, I want to go down to the church down the street. She said, okay, yeah, yeah, you can go to the church. So she went down to the local, to the church down the street, the Catholic church, and they have the display up for the Christmas display you know, with Mary and the baby Jesus and all that. And she went down to the display and she picked up the, she picked up the baby Jesus and stuffed it in her shirt and ran out the, ran out the church with the baby Jesus in her shirt. And then she ran up to her room and she said, now, she said, okay, now God, if you ever want to see your son again, I better get me a bicycle for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with people? <laughs> she was smart. <laughs> she knew she knew who she was. She was true to herself. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last words before we get up out of here today? 
Nah, man. I think we covered a lot. Episode 14, we in the books. DJ Double OG, we got that. Are you serious? Hello. See y'all next week, I guess, you know? All right. Take it easy, y'all. Stay out of them stores. Unless they're open. (laughs) 